It's a great song. Andy Kamenetsky, DeMarco Farr in for the guys, Travis and Sliwa. ESPN Radio brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, today's stat hero of the day, Russell Westbrook, also the conversation point today. That's a great name for him. Stat hero. <laughs> that is that is a great name for him. Wow, that's going to stick. I hadn't thought about it, but he's a little bit on the nose. <laughs> right. Russell Westbrook, here's a stat for you. He has played and started in all 34 games this season. And I will say this, and I wow. mean this sincerely. No matter what you think of Russ's play this season, his fit with the Lakers, and I think it's a casual understatement, everybody's got a thought on this. Yes. In a season where everybody has been in and out of the lineup because of injuries, because of COVID, Russell Westbrook appearing in every single game means something. Like, availability wow. is a huge skill. That is the that same is thing we used to say about Jared Goff when he was here. Well, he was tough. Exactly right. That's well, the only thing you've okay. got is he's, he's no, there every no, no, day. No. I think Russell, Russell Westbrook <laughs> has been better this season. Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy partner of Travis and Sliwa's show. Stat Hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for a 100% deposit match. Is he any good? Well, he shows up every day. Can you win with him? Well, he shows up every day. Okay, Russell. Do, Russell, do guys like playing with him? Well, he shows up every Russell day. Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Famer, and he is still producing at a level that I think, you know, in terms of comparing what Jared Goff did, he is producing at a level that's better than Jared Goff. Oh, fair. I'm just making right. uh, making fun. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say like no, my, no, not not my even. God, close. Let, let's let's not let the man close. live, Demarco. <laughs> Give the man one compliment. <laughs> I was just having fun before but, you yeah. crap on it. For I'm, God's I'm sake. just saying that was what we used to say about Jared Goff when you're reaching no, for nice no, things to say. That's the type of stuff I used to say. He, he's right, right. Stuff. He shows up every day. He's tough. I will say this though, yeah. he was legitimately tough. Jared Goff, he's to especially take a pop, roll over, get right back up during the Jared. I mean, during the Jeff Fisher season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude got killed. Richard Sherman almost took his head off, and yes. he got up and kept like, playing. Yeah, Jared Goff was, for all the things you want to say about him as a quarterback, he was legitimately tough. But you are you really going to sit here and try to tell me that you can win a championship with Russell Westbrook? I want you to convince me, because I'm on the other side of this. And I, I think most people are now, too. I think with a full complement of players that the Lakers were supposed to have, this roster that we've literally never seen play together. You know, I mean, whether you're talking about the time that Trevor Ariza missed at the beginning of the season, whether you're talking about Kendrick Nunn, who was supposed to be maybe their sixth man, he's yet to play this season. Anthony Davis currently out. LeBron James had missed time. All the guys in and out of the protocols. Frank Vogel has been in the COVID protocols. They haven't right. even had their head coach this whole time. They have disappointed so far this season, and I think you can make a legitimate argument that this team, as constructed with Westbrook as one of the main pieces, was never going to be capable of winning a championship. But I also think whatever the highest really? ceiling is possible for this team, we have not had an opportunity to see. Then why did you do it? I thought this was the move that was going to get them over the hump. It this was, was supposed to change the look, West. man, it was controversial when it happened. It was polarizing when it happened. A lot of people had uh, opinions about it. I know. I, I would know, just be surprised if the Lakers made a move that didn't result, like they didn't think this was going to result in a championship. Well, no, I think they thought it. I'm talking about other people. Oh, they, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, I mean, as much as LeBron wanted this, Anthony Davis wanted this, and I think if you gave the organization truth serum, yeah. you know, they wanted this in part because this is an organization of stars They've always gravitated towards stars. Yeah. Well, but not even just banners. It's been 
stars. And to be fair, stars often bring banners. You don't win a lot of Correct. banners without stars. But this has always been an organization that I think has gravitated towards star and talent first, fit second. Okay, for, fair enough. For, for this move. Well, I think for period. this move, definitely. For this move, definitely. Every other move they've made, you could see, well, I, I see how that works, and it works. Now, it didn't work to a championship, but I it fits. This was always square peg, round hole, and we're still here. Okay, before we get to the sound from Westbrook uh, yesterday at practice, I want to hear from Raw, Baldwin Park. He's got some thoughts on Russell Westbrook. What's up, Raw? Hey, what up, fellas? How you uh, doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm just chilling before work. Oh, nice. Um, what do you got? Yeah, um, yeah, I have a, yeah, Westbrook, he, he don't fit, man. But he, he's a, he's a, he's more of an individual player that needs his own team. Like when he was OKC by himself, had an MVP season. And then with the, with the Wizards, uh, even though they were like each seed or, you know, uh, you know, against Sixers, but he was good there without Bradley Beal. So he was leading the team by himself. Um, I yeah, agree. So he's, he's, yeah. he, he's good. He's good, but just more of individual. You know, like he can't fit in with that team. 100%. I appreciate the call there, Rob. Yeah, yeah. He's like Cam Newton to me. When Cam Newton is just doing things on his own and he's playing the game and everything goes through him, you're fine. If you expect him to assimilate into an offense, it ain't going to work. Well, okay. It just ain't going to work. It's funny you say that because, you know, full disclosure, yeah. when it was announced that the Lakers were making this deal, my reaction was, I wouldn't have done this. I could understand it conceptually, like the idea of bringing in that guy that can help LeBron with some of those responsibilities. Russ, at his best, is still a hell of a player. No doubt. And there will be times, especially when... Virtuoso. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, with the idea of the roster being healthy through an 82-game season, there was going to be times... He's the Kenny G of point guards. <laughs> the Kenny G Jazz of... music is about the band. Kenny G is about Kenny G. See what I mean? That is an in- <laughs> okay. First of all, that's the first time Russell Westbrook and Kenny G have ever been compared. Yeah, I'm willing to make that statement. Yeah, jazz is about the whole band. Kenny G is about that sax, and that's Russell Westbrook. I got a question for you. Since we're, we can't pile on Westbrook, AD soft or unfortunate or unlucky with injuries? I'm look. I'm never one to question whether a guy can or should be playing through an injury i just don't do that yeah like i i don't know their body i don't know the severity of what they're going through i generally believe and look you've been in a locker room before you would have a better idea you don't escape blame too mr ad no no but what i was going to say though is i generally take these guys at their word in terms of what they can get through what they can't you know how quickly they heal up some guys are quicker healers than others. If Kobe, they say ouch, you believe them. Well, yeah. yes, I do. Okay, me I too. Do. I'm, re- I'm right there with you. Who, yeah. who are we to question? Right. Right. Um, so the idea of soft with Anthony Davis in terms of injury and durability, I'm not going there. Okay, forget the body. I'm talking leadership-wise. Because I thought he was more alpha dog than this. Now that's an interesting question. because That's what I was getting to. I don't think Anthony Davis is naturally wired to be that alpha dog. I think there are ways that he wants to lead in his own right. Like, for example, he is coming off. Uh, last season was disappointing for AD. He did not play up to his standards. He missed a lot of time with injury. It obviously hurt the Lakers in the playoffs. He was unavailable or, or clearly not himself. And he seemed to come into this season very determined to make up for last season, to make up for lost time, and progress as a player. He was, among the big three, the only one that I thought took preseason seriously at hmm. all. 
Okay. I don't think LeBron or AD really cared about it one way or the other. And there are ways in which I think Anthony Davis wants to lead. But in terms of being... What is that way? Lead from behind? Well, it's hard... It, to it be, can be effective. Yeah, to be fair to Anthony Davis, it is hard to take sort of a leadership reign or you know take up some of that space from a guy like LeBron who is one of the greatest to ever do his particular thing. Forget what the thing is. LeBron is one of the greatest to ever do whatever your thing is, ever. And LeBron is as unquestioned a leader, forget and in the NBA, like in a long time. It is hard to carve out your space, I think legitimately as a leader, with someone like that there. And I don't mean like LeBron's keeping him from it. I think LeBron would love for AD to be more assertive that way. Right. So this isn't, I, I want to make We're it clear. We're in agreement there. Okay. Yeah, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying like this is a LeBron ego thing. It's my locker room. I don't think that's what it is If you're all. storming the beach, LeBron's leading you. And then LeBron sure. goes. And you've got Westbrook and AD to follow. Which right. way are you going? Well, it's, I mean, it's similar <laughs> really quick. As it's, Yeoman Johnson in Star Trek. Which way are you going? You're going with LeBron. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, but in the absence of LeBron and you had these other two guys. Well, here's the thing. You should... Ru- Anthony I'm Davis, not going kamikaze guy's well, way. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Davis is a better player than Russell Westbrook. He is a more important player for the Lakers Actually, than Russell Westbrook. Actually, I might go kamikaze guy way because the other guy's not saying a word. <laughs> well, He's not inspiring me at all, you know? But Russell Westbrook, though, is more of a force of nature in terms of just personality. Right. And everything you ever hear about Russell Westbrook in terms of his dynamic in the, in the locker room he may not be the easiest guy in the world to play with, but he is ride or die yeah. with his teammates. I, I feel and like, for it, his teammates. You know what I can't stand more than like guys like Russell Westbrook? I can't stand reluctant giants. You're a giant, man. Act like it. Be that guy. You know, have your voice boom a few times. You know, take somebody out. You're the biggest guy on the floor. Come on. Right. You know, even if if they don't like if you don't have the words for it, then back it up with presence. The thing that is, I think, frustrating a lot for Laker fans when they watch Anthony Davis, and maybe even sometimes teammates watch him, he is obviously a great player. Yes. And before getting hurt, he was having a really good season. Anthony Davis has played well this year. But you keep waiting for him to feel like he is the guy on this team in terms of just leaving a stamp on a game. Right. I'd rather have Bill Lambeer. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you would not. No, you would not. At least he'd hit somebody. And, and, and not just because of the bad boy Pistons thing. You would not want him because you wouldn't want him compared to Anthony Davis. But like, and and to be fair to AD, some of this I think has to do with his role changing this year, particularly defensively and some of the things he's asked to do this year versus what he was asked to do last year, and I think last year he was asked to cover more ground at times that looked impressive defensively than he has this year. But it doesn't change the fact, though, that like there are guys like LeBron, Steph, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Kawhi Leonard when he was healthy, no doubt, Durant, that when they take over a game, when they put their stamp on a game, you feel it. Like you feel like that dude was here. Like even Russell Westbrook. No doubt. Those times where he takes over a game in a positive I way. Like even what you're now, even I'm right there now, with you. Yes, sir. You feel it more with Westbrook. AD can have a phenomenal game, but it's been a long time, maybe since like the bubble, where it felt like consistently AD was putting his stamp on games. And and some of this can be aesthetic. Some of this can be the way you define it. Like I recognize yeah. there's no standard way 
to put then this. I'll, I'll it doesn't put, feel that way. Then I'll put him in the Reggie Miller class. You can't call Reggie soft. I like what they called his game back in the day. It's more suburban. AD's got more of a suburban Reggie game. Reggie was willing to throw hands. Yeah, but his game is suburban. So I'll go AD. His game is suburban. It's. I think it needs to be more street. Well, it's just an interesting thing, though, too, with AD, because it goes beyond this season. AD, when they brought him in, when they literally moved an entire team other than Kuzma, like they traded everybody to either New Orleans Big or time. all these the mountain or yeah. like the the Wizards or these other spots to get him yeah right because they needed to clear as much cap space as possible they didn't do that just to give LeBron da- uh, LeBron James a r- running mate for now they he did was going to be the future right yeah and I got to be honest the last couple ah. seasons have made me wonder whether Anthony Davis really is that guy. That's doesn't, the thing. Doesn't forget mean he's not Westbrook. a great player. Forget he's the Westbrook. He's a great player. Westbrook is doing what Westbrook always does. I think that's the thing. That's what's not happening with the Lakers. And it's probably never going to happen because he's hurt right now, and you're halfway through. You're halfway through well, the year. Th- this feels, unfortunately, not like the season right. <laughs> where it's going to happen, which means you have to wait even longer, which means people are going to wonder about this even more, and nobody feels good about that. All right, coming up next... Uh, there is a very high-profile movie, DeMarco, coming out uh, about a former teammate of yours, Kurt Warner, called American Underdog. want to get your thoughts on that, but also what would the DeMarco Farr story look like if told on the celluloid? We will oh, get into that. Andy this- Kamenetsky, DeMarco <laughs> Farr, Travis and Slee with 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Travis and Sleeway, Andy Kamenetsky, DeMarco Farr in for the guys. At uh, 1230, we are all going to reveal our answer to if you could watch one Denzel Washington movie for the rest of your life. This is what I've posed on Twitter, at Cam Brothers, at DeMarco Farr, at ESPN Los Angeles, hearing from a lot of y'all and appreciate that um i'm going tarantino i reject your question (laughs) i'm shutting you down it is denzel washington's 67th birthday correct 67th we got that right yes 67 one of the all-time greats and many more exactly many many more yes sir Um, very excited to see the new Macbeth he's got coming out with francis mcdormand directed by joel cohen can't wait i was so excited to see in this interview that he said that he wants to work with like paul thomas anderson he met with him and his family he wants to work with guillermo del toro he wants to work with steve mcqueen like really really great directors can you imagine if denzel and daniel day lewis got together for a movie I wonder if that would bring Dan- uh, Daniel Day-Lewis out of retirement. I think the, the theater would just spontaneously combust. You know, it, it would, would be too intense. It would be so. They would have to say a word. Just look at each other for like two hours and it, I'd buy it. It would be incredible. So right. getting 1230, we're going to reveal that. Uh, ESPN Radio brought to you by Goodyear with, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. So Kurt Warner, 
There's a Kurt Warner My movie. Man. Yeah. I was going to say, your man, your teammate yes, for sir. the 1999 Super Bowl Rams. There's a movie coming out this weekend called American Underdog. It stars uh, Zach Levi as Played Kurt Shazam, Warner. right? Yes. Zach Levi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was on, uh, for a long time, he was on the show Chuck. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of looks like Kurt. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of yeah. looks like Kurt. Yeah, um, no doubt. Resembles-ish him. Yeah. Um, obviously there's big hopes, uh, from Kurt Warner and company that this movie is a hit. Obviously this has been a very inspirational story for a lot of people, but it got me wondering, DeMarco, if this movie is a big hit and we get something that is the equivalent of like, you know, the MCU with the Marvel movies. Yeah. We get the equivalent of like the Warner cinematic universe and they start doing all these different spinoffs from American underdog and they eventually get to. The DeMarco Farr story. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's going to be about nine or ten movies in, but let's say, you know, they oh, do wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, okay. Dude, come on. Lineman? What? They never go lineman uh, Are first. you kidding me? Of course. They never go lineman. Unless it's Aaron Donald. Don't Black Widow me. They, <laughs> don't, don't make me the last movie. You should be so lucky movie. to be Black Widow. Don't make me the last movie in the series. Come you on, sh- no. I think Skojo is sitting uh, no doubt. fine no doubt. with Absolutely. Black Widow. No doubt. No doubt. So if they were to do... The DeMarco Farr, DeMarco Farr story. Yeah. What do you think this movie looks like? How is this story oh. being told? Oh, my God. It, it would be like like, like like the coming attractions for Pulp Fiction, and then at the end, this film is not yet rated. <laughs> yeah. Which, which story do you want to tell? Uh, you know, uh, just the same. I mean, I think that's the thing with Kurt Warner, and I've been following him on Twitter, and he's actually answering people. I didn't even know he's on Twitter. He's on Twitter. He's actually ans- answering people who are downing the movie. Like, Kurt Warner is talking to you on Twitter. Kurt Warner smack-talking? If I'm trying to find it now. If you have a negative comment about the movie, <laughs> Kurt Warner will answer you. Wait, so Kurt Warner, he's in his own mentions. Yes, and he will answer and go like go on and on That's and on. That's crazy to me. And I want to tell him to stop, but he's... <laughs> He he's got a good point. I mean, like people that down the movie are missing the the point of the movie. It's not about making money. It's not about this. It's about inspiring people, and that's always been Kurt. Well, Warner. okay. Are they are they down on the movie because they don't just think it's a story well told, or are they saying like he's a sellout for doing well, this? Well, I think most of the people that are down on the movie haven't seen it yet. Okay, so that's what he's trying to stop. You know how it is with 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 people. They get out in front of movies and they say, "Don't go see you know Justice League because it stinks," and most right. people don't because they listen. But uh, he like Kurt Warner here. Yes, stay for the end credit scene. We were like a Marvel movie foreshadowing the next movie. Okay, not true. Do the Warner Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's going to happen. Showcase one of my heroes. Yeah, I mean all this stuff. I mean he he will go on and on and on about he defends his movie, defends the story. It's great, and I want to tell him to stop. But this is Kurt Warner through and through. It's not just a movie. This is real life. I love the idea of Kurt Warner in his own mentions. Yeah, I awesome. love this. It's it's awesome, but it does not surprise me. Uh, like people are saying something about critics, and he's not attacking critics. He's actually defending critics. He's just like, don't make up your mind until after you've seen. Okay, the movie. so basically, he's saying if you see the movie and you don't like it, fine. Right, that's, that's your opinion as a moviegoer. Here it is. Here's the thing. I love critics and hearing their thoughts, knowing not all will love the movie. Uh, so never defines it. I simply want people to see the depth layers in this this film because that's where the, the true beauty beauty lies. If you miss that, you miss a lot of power in this movie. That's Kurt Warner. That's always been that guy. Wow. And he defends that. He All keeps right. going on and on about it. So absolutely. I can't wait to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, there's two reasons. One uh, is because I love Kurt and I want to see the movie and I love movies. Two, the guy they have playing me is 6'5". 
Oh, so and he I has dreads. Ask you that? Yeah. Are you actually? I don't have a speaking role. I'm in the back. You know, they have the numbers. You know, players, teammates. So, but the guy they have playing me is like six foot five. I love that. Okay, because I actually went through the IMD page for yeah. American Underdog, and I was specifically looking. For DeMarco Farr. No, no they speaking role. They don't have yeah. you listed because they have Isaac Bruce listed. They've yeah. got Torrey Holt, I believe, listed. They actually they have, have Marshall speaking, Falk listed. They have speaking – they're on offense. No, no shock that no one <laughs> – Well, that's what I was saying before. No that's, shock anyone on defense doesn't have a speaking role. That That's yeah. how you ultimately end up in uh, the ninth or tenth movie. It's like – it's not your fault unless you're Aaron Donald. <laughs> the defensive lineman is going to be ninth or tenth. We like, had 50 we, – we racked up 57 sacks that year. We were number one in sacks, and we scored 10 defensive touchdowns. The greatest show on turf actually had a defense. but 57, but who's counting? Yeah, no one counts. Yeah, we were there. I mean, but yeah, um, I can't wait to see it. Um, I think what turned a lot of people off is when you see it, the the football sequences look kind of Hollywood-like. But what football movie doesn't look Hollywood-like when you see it fleshed out? You, Sports can be hard to do. Uh, they uh, they can be hard to recreate. Yes, like even boxing. Well, I Rocky funny. is not real boxing. Well, it's funny you say that actually yeah. because boxing you know has a long legacy of being popular in movies. Yeah, and like it's it's one of the few sports that I think has in terms of it's an easy story to tell. Well, it's an easy yeah. story to tell, but I think for a lot of moviegoers, part of the reason they get sucked into boxing is. It looks so incredibly hard, and you can't imagine going through what these boxers go through. Right. But the other part of it is so many people watching this have never actually boxed on any level, like even done like boxing training, as opposed to most of us, you've played a high school sport like baseball, football, soccer, basketball, whatever, that you feel like you are enough of an authority on it that you can look at what happens in a movie and say, that looks fake, that looks real. Boxing, you have to leave a lot of it up to Hollywood because you True. really have no idea. True, yeah. I mean, but like, if you thought Rocky was actual boxing, you'd think no one ever, you know, blocked a punch and every punch you throw was a haymaker. Right. That's not really how it goes. Same with football. Remember that movie, um, Any Given Sunday? Yeah. And how Pacino was this great football coach? Mm-hmm. Okay, 18 seconds to go in a big game, he called a quarterback draw. He would be fired. Yes, he would. <laughs> right? Yes, you know what I mean? he would. This is Hollywood. I mean, you have to make it. You have to dramatize some of it. Same with this movie, but it's not about the football with Kurt Warner. It's about the journey, and not just his journey, his wife's journey. That Okay, that leads to the other thing I wanted to yeah. ask you, because you obviously know Kurt Warner well, and you know this team and this season extremely well. You quite literally lived it. Yeah. Who are some other guys on this team that have, again, you do not, the Warner Cinematic yeah. Universe. Who do you think has interesting stories that you'd also watch that movie? I told Kurt this to his face. I, I love him, and it's not like I can care less about your story, but I know your story. Brenda Warner's story is much more interesting than his. Really? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, that's the stuff I can't wait to see. Uh, the the relationship between he and Vermeil, I know that. But what he went through with Mike Martz, the offensive coordinator, wait until you see how that gets fleshed out. I was there when that happened. When Mike Martz was coaching Kurt Warner, or coaching Trent Green, our starter, right. through Kurt Warner, he would do exactly what Trent just did and get ripped to shreds for it. Like, he was trying to make the guy quit, and he wouldn't quit. Trying to make Kurt Warner quit? Trying to make Kurt Warner quit. I mean, absolutely ripped him to shreds for doing exactly what the starter just and did. And then Mike Martz ended up the next season Warner's coach. Yes, I know. that. That is what I can't wait to see, because... All that stuff happened in a meeting room when I wasn't there, but I saw what happened on the field between the two guys. Interesting bit of symmetry, by the way, too. Dennis Quaid plays Dick Vermeil. Yeah. 
and he is coaching this rookie quarterback, a rookie to the NFL. That was that was Kurt Warner's first year in the See, NFL, correct? Uh, no, ninety eight. He came in in ninety eight, and he actually played a little bit at the end in okay. nineteen ninety eight, and then ninety nine he came in as the backup, became the starter. Because it was interesting to me, just because Dennis Quaid once played a very famous rookie in the rookie, the rookie. Yeah. So it kind of comes full circle for him in terms. You know, he had a manager obviously that looked out for him in the yeah. movie and stuff like that, and then you go full circle. He's now playing the guy, the coach who is looking out for this inexperienced player. And that's funny. I don't name another football coach in American football history that has that has been played by two different actors in a movie. Cuz Greg Kinnear killed Dick Vermeil in the first one. Oh, I- Invincible. Invincible. Correct? He was great. He nailed Dick Vermeil. He Vermeule. was really good. So, the bar is set pretty high for Mr. Quaid. You better be on point because it's a, Greg Kinnear already owns that. You're talking about the the movie with Mark Wahlberg as yes, the receiver, right? Yes. Yeah, Greg Kinnear was quite good. So he's been played twice in in two different movies about two different guys. I'm not sure that – well, Vince Lombardi maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I forgot about good that. Stu- I can't wait to see that, how he plays Vermeil. But, yeah, Kurt Warner's story is amazing. The stuff you don't know is going to blow your mind. Uh, seeing it played out live, the stuff you do know is going to blow your okay, mind. We, but Brenda's story is unreal. Tell a couple quick details. What makes Brenda's story so incredible? I don't want to ruin it for you. Oh, so this is stuff covered in the movie. This is stuff covered in the movie. I mean, you're going to see the whole thing. This is why this is why Kurt Warner has been on Twitter going off about this. It's not just about him and about football. This is more. This is an underdog story. It's inspiring, and it's not just him. That's the inspiration. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the cool thing. I can't wait to see this movie. All right. Well, you know what? I, I am now actually more interested in seeing the movie than I had been before because of the way you've talked it up. So nice job and on I'm behalf. And I'm 6'5 in it. That, and you're 6'5 I grow four in inches. It. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. Do your brothers want me to see the movie? Well, let me ask. Yeah. Because um, if, if the answer is yes, I'm going to see just it. Just go see it. Yeah. I don't want to end up I'm on their bad side. I'm going to bring you to family dinner so you can meet my brothers. <laughs> just You'll love this. Remind me to call them both sir <laughs> at all times. All right, coming up next, we will reveal the Denzel Washington movie that if we could only watch one for the rest of our life, which one would we choose? Also, Magic Johnson is in the news right wow. now uh, when it comes to some television about Magic Johnson. We'll get into that next. Andy Kamenetsky, DeMarco Farr, Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. J5. L.A. guys. Yeah. Local guys. Andy Kamenetsky, DeMarco Farr, in for Travis and Sliwa. ESPN Radio brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Really quick, before we uh, reveal our Denzel movies, uh, again, in honor of Denzel's 67th birthday, 
if you can only watch one of this Hollywood Legends movies for the rest of your life, which one are you choosing? I want to hit a couple quick calls. Begin with Mitch in New Jersey. What's up, Mitch? Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Good show. Thanks. Hey, um, I compare Westbrook to like uh, Michael Trout. Puts up great numbers. They're great players. They're not perfect. They can't do all themselves. So why are harping them? They, 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 the Lakers don't want very good players. They want superstars. And I think they've given up a lot for Anthony Davis and and and, and, and Westbrook. I appreciate and one more thing. They should have kept uh, Caruso. Thank you. Nice. They, they absolutely should have kept Caruso. I don't Caruso. speak fluent East Coast. What did he say? <laughs> that is that is the most New Jersey call. Yeah, I've ever experienced in my entire career in radio. But what did he? Yeah, say? going to New Jersey, going to hop over the turnpike, and yeah. go over there. What did what? he say? Westbrook is like who? Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Oh, I missed that completely. Why okay, all picking thank on? Why all pick on Westbrook? This oh, is the, the guy's supposed to be okay. I like it. Okay. Uh, no, I, I, I. Well, I think I like it. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I know just. What he said. I, I missed that totally. Yeah. And then uh, real quick, Chris in LA has got some thoughts on Anthony Davis. What's up, man? Hey, fellas, you know, I want to throw out a more nuanced kind of psychological aspect to ADE and his lack of dominance. I just wonder if it's part of just like a lot of big people, a lot of tall people when they grow up, they, they're ostracized and they just really, really just want to fit in because, you know, he's always refused to be refused to be labeled as a five. You know, I'm a four. He likes to shoot outside. I just don't think he has the mentality or the want to be a dominating player like Shaq was or like Giannis is. And it might be just because he just wants to be, you know, an ordinary good basketball player. I, you know, I like that. Appreciate the call. That's Chris. a great take. Um, Ralph Sampson back in the day used to drive me crazy. The guy's seven foot three, and he tried to be a point guard. You know, be who you are, man. You're a giant. Well, Play like one. It's funny you say that actually, because and, and didn't he like he he was in the dunk contest. One year been. he might have. Why would a seven foot plus guy be in a dunk contest? Well, okay. In in fairness to Anthony Davis, he actually does play a fair amount in the post. Like for all the focus on you know the mid range jumpers and the threes that he doesn't take that often, but is really not making this season. Really has never been a great three point shooter his whole career. AD does actually get into the post, and when he is in the post, he's really great. Yeah. But what I think is interesting though about that point is Anthony Davis actually began his career as a guard. And then in high school had a massive growth, growth spurt. spurt. Okay. So some of his mentality may have been shaped guard-like, and you can still dominate as a guard, obviously. No doubt. We've seen many, I many think, do that. I think he'd rather be Dirk Nowitzki than Shaq. There's probably some truth to that. Yeah, and I there's mean, nothing wrong with it. Nowitzki's a Hall of Famer. That Okay, yeah. that's a great point that you hit. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's how you go about doing it. I just don't know if this team needs that. I oh. think they need more of the post guy. Right. Yeah. It, but you're correct. There is obviously nothing wrong with no. uh, ending up Dirk Nowitzki, no. Kevin Garnett, you know. Tim Duncan. You could do a hell of a lot yes. worse. All right. We are going to go around the horn. We've been posing this question. I've uh, been hit oh. up a lot on Twitter at Cam Brothers, at DeMarco Farr, at ESPN Los Angeles. This is hard. In honor of Denzel Washington's 67th birthday, absolute legend, one of my all time favorite actors, you can only pick. One of Denzel's movies to watch for the rest of your life. The others can't watch, but you know they're out there. You don't forget about them. Yeah. You know they're out there. Which do you choose? We start with Taylor. I'm going with He Got Game. He nice. Got Game is good. Nice. That is a re- It's a fantastic performance. Yes. Jake Shuttlesworth is really, it's a great character. Yeah, it he's is. He's fantastic. In it, it is. Wow. 
Jim Brown was scary in that movie. <laughs> he was. He was really. He's a, he's scary like anyway, but in that role, he was even scarier. Yeah, that's he, a good pick. Though. I I actually yeah. rewatched uh, He Got Game a couple of years ago for the first time, like start to finish in a while. I always knew Denzel's really great in it. I forgot just how many layers of great there are in that performance from Denzel. No doubt. Can I blaspheme for a hot minute? Do it. If Ray Allen could act a little bit better, that movie would be that much more. It's funny you say that. That would be great. Because I remember at the time being like, wow, Ray, Ray Allen actually is not bad in this. Yeah, yeah. Once you are removed from the surprise of, oh, there's an NBA player in this thing and he's not embarrassing himself. Right. You rewatch again, you're like, He's all right. It's not bad. Right, right, right. But he's not. He is not as good as I remembered him. Denzel's better. Though, I wonder if they I could have gone him. with an actor in that role and not a basketball player. No, you really didn't need a basketball player. You needed. I think you needed a basketball player Did because you? they 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 wanted Spike wanted it to be believable. Okay. that this guy would be so sought after, and he wanted the, he wanted the basketball scenes to feel believable. And look, I bought Cuba Gooding Jr. as a receiver in the National Football League right. and Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Maybe you could have gone with an actor. All right, Just Emily. Saying. All right, mine has to be Remember the Titans. Ah. Again, I have to say this is a movie I can rewatch anytime. Yes, it is. I, the, the music is great. The feeling you get out of it is great. I always love, I'm a sucker for sports movies that just kind of just leave you on a high. I also grew up in Northern Virginia, and it's kind of, you know, I know the area, but too. So it's kind of like cool history in the back and so many great performances, but Denzel in that role Amazing. Love him in that. Can always watch Remember the Titans any time of day. I don't want to even meet, or I know he's passed away now. I, I didn't want to even meet or hear anything about the real Herman Boone. I wanted that Herman Boone to be the only Herman Boone. He the, was great. The who's your daddy scene oh my before God. they get on the bus. When Denzel puts those two white racist kids in their place. Well, one was racist. Well, well, well one was really racist. One was sort of like a racist hanger on Kinda, that he changed yeah, his yeah. mind. Yep. Shout out, by the way, the the one that turned out to be great, Ryan Hurst. He went on to play Opie in Sons of Anarchy. No doubt. Yeah. One was racist. One was just for his people. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like but it. But that scene... Denzel is unbelievable. Love it. If, if you miss a block, you will run a mile. If okay. you jump off sides, you will run a mile. If you drop my football, I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. And then you will run a mile. I love that. Okay. Me? I'm yep. up? Oh, yep. can I go? Okay. I remember the Titans is on there. Man on Fire is definitely on there. I like the Book of Eli. I think that movie's fantastic. It Anybody? is a good movie. Anybody? I like that movie. No, it's good. I love it. I love that movie. Hughes um, Brothers. But I got to go, like, I got to be honest. This movie is always on at some point in my house in my life per week it's got to be crimson tide crimson tide's good gotta be crimson tide for me it's really yes really gandolfini's good. in it yes gene hackman's in it oh, it's a great cast i i love that uh vigo mortensen Mor i Vigo love Mortensen's that movie so for for me philadelphia is close because of Tom Hanks and Denzel playing off each other. That's awesome. But for me, it's got to be Crimson Tide. Yeah. Uh, those yeah. scenes back and forth between him and Hackman, you just Great. got these two titans going nose to nose. Unreal. I love it. The the the, the Lippins Honor Stallions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Those, by the way, that stuff was specifically Tarantino rewrites, as is my understanding. Oh, really? Tarantino did some script work on Crimson Tide. I'm pretty sure about this. Yeah. People can look it up. Some of the like the pop culture -y thing, yeah. and I think also the thing about the the black and white with the stallions. The subtlety there is just great. I believe that actually was Quentin Tarantino's work. I could be incorrect. When Hackman says it's a simple matter of voltage, the look that he just I just love it. I yes. love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I went back and forth, Demarco, between and there's so many great choices. My God, I went back and forth between Training Day and Man on Fire. Yeah. 
And I love both of them, A, because they're really great rewatchable movies, but also you get so many different sides of Denzel in those movies. Like you get serious Denzel, you get dark Denzel, you get funny Denzel. You yeah. at times even get even in Training Day, you get a little bit of tender Denzel, like him with his son. You get all these different dimensions of Denzel. And also for a guy that is so inherently likable and a lot of his roles have been very righteous. You get really dark at times, kind of evil, yeah. Denzel. Yeah. Went back and forth, and my God, this is so hard. But ultimately, I got to go training day. Yeah, okay. Because you got the Oscar. No doubt. You've got just one of the most iconic performances that he's ever done. And it's had incredible staying power. It's you know, it's the most. It's still great. It's so still great. I mean, never gets it's old. hard between that man on fire. Man the, on fire is crazy. The reason I didn't pick it is because he's playing such a villain. He's playing a bad cop, a corrupt cop. I can't root for that. Well, you don't. But here's the thing, that's, and I don't want to see the finish of the movie. That's the thing, though, yeah. about Training Day is you're not necessarily rooting for him in terms of you know, he's a hero. But you're rooting enough for him just because the charisma will draw you in. And you wonder, is Ethan Hawke going to get seduced by it? Right. Be- because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's palpable, yeah. man. When it's they, palpable. When he robbed the house, when he robbed Macy Gray's house, remember that part? Yeah. And he comes out shooting back at the gangsters. That's when I was in the theater like, wow, this is a completely different Denzel. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh. when he wow. parks the car in yes. the middle of the intersection. Pa-pa, pa-pa. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, this the is- The guy like honks a- at him, shut the bleep up. <laughs> Takes the gun out. This is a different Denzel, and it oh. blew my mind. I got you. But it's, he's just such a bad guy. He's a horrible human being in he that is, movie. Why would is, I want that to be the last movie ho- I see? He is a horrible human being, but- you cannot take your eyes. See, my off Denzel him. saves America, saves the world. At I the get end, it. I get it. You know, I get it. And he does it with his brain. My, my Denzel <laughs> is a horrible, horrible person that I just can't stop watching. All right, coming up next, Travis Sleeway close things with the dump. Andy Kamenetsky, Demarco Far in for the guys. All right, uh, we will begin with, on this day in 1979, months after the historic showdown in the NCAA tournament, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird squared off for the first time in the NBA. The Lakers won, yes, 123-105 at the Forum over the Celtics. Magic led all scorers with 23 points. Wow. Will there ever be another rivalry like that? Like polar opposite guys, and where a league is born basically because of it. No, the short answer is no, because yeah. there were so many particulars that were specific to then that are not relevant now. Like you, you mentioned how Bird and Magic saved the NBA. Yeah, as currently constructed, and I hope it stays this way. The NBA does not require saving in that way. Like as much as there True. are things about the league that people may not like, and I think there are questions about how to best market it now versus, say, like 15, 20 years ago. The league is in very good shape, and it was not then. Also, those guys were famous together coming up from college. Right. College basketball does not mean the same thing now that, as it did, it did then. then. And the, That's you know, the, I can't imagine a rivalry that people look at beginning from college, going into the pros, and then on top of it, they joined franchises that already 
hated each other. Right. So that was part of it. Like Magic versus Bird would have been great if Bird played for the Bulls. Right. But it's not the same as Lakers yeah, Celtics. New weapons to a to an old rivalry. So I mean, there, there's it, it, if you play if they played in the current era, can you imagine? This this is blasphemy. Magic and Bird actually teaming up to be on the same team. Like what's going on now? Well, that would never happen. Okay, never. <laughs> but if they did, you know, Bird and Magic on the same squad. Okay. Oh man. Here's the thing. I will say this: there was more, I think, genuine animosity between players then versus now. Oh, there was hate. Yeah. But at the same time, those Showtime teams were stacked. Part of the reason Magic never joined anyone else is he didn't have to. True. Everyone. I mean, if Magic were really that competitive, there would have been a point where he told Doctor Bus, "Hey, you know what?" You ought to trade worthy well, because we're too good. Now, talking I want to even yeah, this out for the rest of the league. Talking to the most the, the staunchest Laker fan, the one that's been here for, for the long haul, you tell me Larry Bird wouldn't start for Showtime? Give oh, me a break. Oh, he would. <laughs> one of your heroes is going home, and you know it. Well, it probably ain't worthy. Worthy was pretty <laughs> damn good himself. You you find a way to put both of them on the court. No like, doubt. Right. You know, do respect to Larry Bird, and he's phenomenal. The only reason James Worthy isn't thought of in that same sort of tier yeah, yeah. as Bird is because he played with, with Kareem no and doubt. Magic and didn't get the same opportunities. But, James but if Worthy. Larry wanted to come out west, no one's saying no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they may, they may pretend they didn't want it. They actually did. Speaking of uh, Showtime and Magic and the Lakers, Magic Johnson was uh, stopped by TMZ, and he said that he is not excited about the upcoming HBO series on the Showtime Lakers. It's based on Jeff Perlman's great book, fantastic book. Laker mm-hmm. fans should read it. Adam McKay is one of uh, is one of the big producers on it, if not the biggest. Yeah, you know from Step Brothers and Vice and all all sorts of great stuff. Magic is not excited about this. He said he's looking forward to other projects coming up about Showtime, which leads me to believe. This HBO one is going to be unbelievable. Like, if he doesn't want to see it, you yeah, know it's going to be that's awesome. That's the best promo you can ever do. For <laughs> yes, right yes. there. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. I wanted to see it before. Now, the, now that he doesn't want it out, I want to see it more now. Have you seen the trailers? Yes, they look so good. I've heard stories about magic, mm-hmm. like the private stories that no yes. one knows. I've heard stories. Well, I, I can't wait to see some of these fleshed out. It's funny, actually. Like, it's been a long time because, like, every everyone knows, obviously, and still remembers the you know the stories of Magic with Showtime on the court. Right. Everyone knows this. Everyone still remembers it. Like, people still seek out Magic highlights on YouTube. He is one of the greatest ever. And people obviously know Magic's story after basketball. Like you, right? It's amazing. You could change my life. You could make an argument that Magic's career after basketball has been more impressive than during basketball. And Magic is one of the most impressive athletes to ever live. One hundred. I was in college when he made the announcement. Same with me. I was like in college doing college things. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Changed my life. (laughs) Yes. Big time. Yes. Oh, really? Magic? Yes. So I remember, yeah. I, I really remember where I was when I heard about this. Cause yeah. you know, this was before social media and stuff like that. Like I got told by a friend of mine and he told me when he heard, he happened to be wearing a magic Jersey. Wow. When he heard this news, I mean, everybody thought then this was going to be a death sentence for magic, yep. but there was also though, and I think this has somehow been for, or somewhat been forgotten. There was the magic lifestyle. Right. That was revealed a lot through this diagnosis that I'm sure a lot of people knew, and Magic was a man about town, but it was different in the 80s, pre-social media, pre-24-7 news coverage. 
I imagine Magic probably is not thrilled at the idea of something that be revisited. Well, look, that did more than any PSA ever could. That was real. That hit home. Yeah. What you thought was the rock star lifestyle, the thing that you dreamed about as a kid, like I want to do this so I can do X, Y, and Z, that changed everything for you, really. That that was better than any speech you got from a pastor, from a teacher, from anything. That was Magic Johnson telling you, this is wrong and this is what could happen. Well, either way, though, yeah. those trailers look unbelievably yeah. entertaining. John C. Riley as Dr. Buss is no. awesome. It's awesome <laughs> I casting. Know that. Oh, yes. No. Oh. oh, I got to see it now. It yeah, is yeah. great, great casting. All right. Notre Dame quarterbacks, DeMarco, have yeah. now lost 24 straight starts in the NFL. <laughs> four by Brady Quinn, four by Jimmy Clausen, 15 by Deshaun Kaiser, and then one last night by Ian Book. Uh, your thoughts on Notre Dame unable to produce a winning quarterback? I have some friends that went to Notre Dame. I still work with one. J.B. Long is a Notre Dame guy. A Golden I didn't Domer. know that. Yeah, he's a Golden Domer. So I'll say this. I think Shout out the, to J.B. Some of the best or the best Notre Dame quarterbacks aren't pro material. So the guys that actually popped through and went to the NFL aren't the best that that school has had to offer. Why do you think that is? Uh, you, dude, I mean, being a quarterback at Notre Dame, you, you might be the second most famous person in football, period. You know what I mean? Everyone knows you. That's a tough spot to be in. But why do you, why do you think, though, that being – because, I mean, it's a, it's a great program. Yeah. Why do you think quarterbacking at – Notre Dame doesn't translate at the NFL level. Uh, I, I, for them to be successful, that's a hard question. My favorite quarterback at Notre Dame was Tony Rice. He didn't have a wow. shot to be a professional quarterback. Wow. But in college, name. man, was he dynamic. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're a great college player, but pro, no. So it just doesn't seem like the pro-style guys don't translate at the next level. Well, to be fair to Ian Book, he had absolutely no chance yeah. last night at all. I actually, I didn't even know he went to Notre Dame, but I felt really bad for him. DeMarco, man, as always, this was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yes, sir. And, Except for this this Denzel question. I don't like you because of this. And you and I are going to be doing this again on Thursday. See we will then. be back from 10 to 12 on the Travis and Sleeva Show. Coming up next, Mason and Ireland, Andy Kamenetsky, DeMarco Farr. This is 710 ESPN.